0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. John chapter number 14, and I'll give you a little thought out of here. John chapter number 14, I want to read you a couple verses out of here this morning, and we'll see what the Lord will give us, amen, and uh, I want you to make sure you come tonight, I'm going to pick back up here again tonight, and preach again tonight out of John chapter number 14, and I'm looking forward to it, and um, uh, I I love studying about heaven, I don't know about anybody else, uh, but I love thinking about heaven this morning, amen, John chapter 14, let's stand in honor. In reference to the reading of God's word, John chapter number 14, I'm going to pick up reading verse number one. The Bible says this, let not your heart be troubled, Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I want to preach on the thought of heaven for just a little while this morning. Father, I love you. Father, I sure need your help today. I pray God that you'd lead us and guide us. This morning, I pray, God, that you'd guide every thought that goes through my mind. I pray, God, that you put a bridle about my mouth, Father. Help me to say nothing, Lord, that you wouldn't have me to say. God, may every word that's uttered out of my mouth this morning, God, be ordained by you. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, Father, as we look at heaven for just a little while. Father, I sure am thankful that we have the promise, Father, uh, God, that this world is not the end. But Lord, I sure am glad that there's a far better place that's awaiting on us on the other side. I pray, God, that you'd meet with us as only you can tonight. We'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Again, I want to look into these verses for just a little while and preach on the thought of heaven. I thought about this and matter of fact there was a book that was wrote on it a movie that was produced on it but I thought about this is heaven really real is heaven really real can I just say this to you this morning and I'm not trying to discredit anything I'm just being honest with you today I'm glad that I don't have to read some secular book or listen to what someone may have to say to understand whether heaven is really real today. According to the word of God, I need nothing else to know that heaven is a real place today. The answer to this question was answered nearly 2,000 years ago when a man named Jesus said that he was going away to prepare a place for us and that he would come again and receive us one day unto himself. Just as much as there is a hell, uh, there is a heaven today. I don't know about anybody else, but it excites me to know uh, that there is a heaven that awaits us today. I thought about what the apostle Paul said. Uh, he said, if in this life only I had hope, I'd be of all men most miserable. You know what Paul was saying? Paul was simply saying this. If this life only was the only thing that I had to look forward to, I'd be of all men most miserable because hear me and hear me well, this life will come to an end. There will be hard days in this life. There'll be rough days in this life, but I'm glad uh, that this life is not all uh, that I had to look forward to. Uh, matter of fact, I'm glad that I believe just any day now uh, the Lord could come Come back uh, and call us home to be with Him. Uh, this life is not all there is. Amen. Matter of fact, when we die from this life, uh, we'll just begin. Can I just say it that way? We'll just begin. Let me show you two, three, four, five, twelve things about heaven this morning, and we'll go home. Number one this morning, I want you to see that heaven uh, is a promised place. Heaven is a promised place. Think about this, we often forget that John 14 uh, was spoken just after John 13 in which Jesus had talked about dying uh, after he had washed the feet of the disciples uh, and after Satan had entered into Judas. Uh, The setting had been tense uh, and Peter had been rebuked for putting his foot in his mouth. The disciples were troubled uh, and a bit of fear had overcome them uh, so Jesus gives us this teaching in John chapter 14 just after John 13. He's washed the feet of the disciples. He's been preparing for his betrayal. Peter has denied Jesus. The disciples are at a low point and Jesus says this, in the midst of your low point, just remember, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Then he says this, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again. Can I say this to you today? Uh, Forty days after he uh, resurrected victorious over death, hell, and the grave, uh, he went away. He ascended uh, into the heavens. But the Bible says this, "Uh, you men of Galilee, why stand Here, uh, Gazing into the clouds, uh, this same Jesus that went away in like manner uh, is uh, coming back. We have the promise today that heaven is a real place uh, and there is a real savior uh, that died for our sins uh, and thank God one day he will come back and receive us unto him. It's a promised place. I thought about this, it was true that he would be taken and he would be uh, mistreated by a righteous mob, but that was not the end of the story. Judas would betray him with a kiss and sell him out for 30 pieces of silver, but that was not. The end of the story. Jesus would be taken in the darkness of the night, but that was not the end of the story. He would be beaten, slapped, hit upon the head with a rod, uh, scourged and pit upon, spit upon with his beard plucked from his face. But friend, that was not the end of the story. He would be crucified in the place of Barabbas, who, who was a thief and a murderer, but that was not the end of the story. He he would hang upon a cruel cross for six long hours and then give up the ghost and die, but that was not the end of the story. He would resurrect one third and glorious, victorious over death, hell, and the grave, but that was not the end of the story. He would ascend back into the heavens up 40 days later, but that was not the end of the story. You say, what is the end of the story? The day he comes back and calls us home to be with him. That will be the end of the story. It's a promised place today. It's not some uh, uh, imagination of our mind today. It's not something that somebody decided one day to write a book about. It is a promised place today. I read this and I found it interesting. Russell Kelso Carter was an ordained minister who later became a medical doctor. He faced a personal crisis in his early years that caused him to search the Bible for a healing uh, promise from God. He suffered from a heart condition and said that once he began to hold uh, steadfast to the written word of God, his strength returned uh, and his heart was completely healed uh, over the course of several months. He later went on to write a song entitled this, Standing on the Promises of God. What God promises, honey, you can take it to the bank. God's gonna make sure it happens. It's a promised place. Number two this morning, I thought about this. Heaven is not only a promised place. I thought about this. Heaven is a prepared place. Heaven is, what do he say? He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. It's amazing that while on this earth, Jesus was what? He was a carpenter. He was a carpenter. Matter of fact, Mark said this in chapter 6, verse number 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and, and Joseph and uh uh and of Judah and Simeon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. He was a carpenter. Can I say this? I believe he was the best carpenter that ever lived. You say, why? Because he was Jesus. That's why. There's nobody ever done anything any better than he did. There's nobody ever preached like he did. There's nobody ever healed the sick like he did. There's nobody ever defeated death, hell, and the grave like he did. He was a carpenter. Uh, The book of John tells us that Jesus spoke the world into existence. Here he tells us that when he leaves the earth, after his resurrection, that he is going to prepare a, a place for us. I begin to think about that. He said that he created the world. When you think about that, everything that we see today, think about it with me. A matter of fact, on Friday, we went to the highest peak this side of the Mississippi. It's called Mount Mitchell. It's in Yancey County. I don't know if anybody's ever been there before, but it's the highest peak this side of the Mississippi River. Matter of fact, it's very interesting. It's interesting to go to Brother Bradley because his great-grandpa owned that. And the state literally, practically took it from him. But anyway, the first road that was ever, I'm not gonna go into all that, the history of it, but it was pretty neat. But we stood there at Mount Mitchell, and here's what was interesting. Brother Denny, when we left from Burnsville from eating breakfast, it was 72 degrees in Burnsville. 72 degrees and the sun was shining. When we got to Mount Mitchell, it was so foggy, you couldn't see nothing, and it was 54 degrees. 54 degrees, I cannot believe the difference in it. But we looked at pictures that was there that you could see out from Mount Mitchell, all you could see. Matter of fact, we come back down the mountain just a little ways, and we stopped at two or three scenic overlooks, and man, you could look out, and, and for miles and miles, just as far as the eye could see, was just rolling mountains. And Leslie, I say this every time we go through somewhere like that, I always say this right here. I have never seen a beach that came anywhere close to looking that good. I never have. It's sand that gets you dirty and salt water that's nasty. I've never seen a beach that looked like the rolling mountains. Now I understand some of y'all may like it and God bless y'all. We go to the beach and when we go I sit in the house and watch cops. But anyway, (laughs) we was looking over those rolling mountains, man. It's just amazing. It is amazing to me Brother Matt, the times that I've flown in a smaller airplane where you don't get up in the clouds and you can just see for miles and miles and miles. And I thought about all of that and I thought about this right here. It took God six days to make all of that. That's it. Six days. I think when I do think about the ocean, I always think about Brother Taylor. And Brother Taylor's doing good now. He had COVID, but he's recovered from it. and doing good now. And Brother Taylor, man, I've heard him praying, and he'll say this, thank God for the ocean. Thank God for all the fishes in the ocean. Thank God for them fishes. I like them fishes, God. Thank God for them fishes. When he says that preaching, he prays that. I've heard him pray it. And I thought about that. All the fish that's in the ocean. Brother Greg, I love to go to the ocean if we can go fishing. But just to sit on the sand, I have no desire to do that. Brother Brian don't think about much going out in the ocean fishing. But anyway, and all, here's one thing about fishing in the ocean. You never know what you're going to catch, Brother Mac. You never know what you're going to catch. You think about all of that today. And it only took God six days to make every bit of that. I don't know if anybody else is on board with me yet or not. It took God six days. And we know for a fact, for over 2,000 years, God and Jesus has been working on heaven. Oh, I wonder what it's going to look like. I'm talking about it's a prepared place. And if he made all of this in just six days, my soul, what's heaven going to look like today? It's a prepared place. I wrote three things down about that prepared place. I wrote this down. It will be a sufficient place. It'll be a, You won't need nothing else. Yeah, man, you won't need nothing else. It'll be a satisfying place. It'll be a splendid place. Oh, yeah, it's a prepared place. I'll preach on that splendid place tonight if you'll come back. Number one, I thought about this, heaven is a prepared, or a promised place. Heaven is a prepared place. I thought about this, this one, it's just simple stuff. It's just simple stuff, but it helped me. Heaven's a permanent place. It's a permanent place. There's been very few places that I've been in my life that I said, I believe I could just stay here and not go back home. Very few, because I like home. Matter of fact, Olivia likes home better than I like home. She would be fine sitting right on the front porch of our house the rest of her life. And, and, and I would be fine with that because I wouldn't let no boys come by. <laughs> but after a day or two, Olivia's ready to go home. There's been very few places in my life that I've been that I thought, man, I really think I could probably just live right here. But can I say something about this? Heaven will be a permanent place. I read this. It said that I read this this week, studying on this. Said that most people move between eleven and fifteen times in their life, eleven and fifteen times. And I thought, my soul. I remember. I don't remember moving the first time, but we did move when I was a little bitty boy to Yakin County, and uh, uh, there in the great metropolis of Courtney. And and then when I was eighteen. Uh, we moved up from the parsonage at Turner's Creek to a house mom and daddy built on Faith Lane right outside of Yadkinville. And then when Leslie and I got married, we moved to East Bend and then we moved up here um, 14 years ago. I'm in my 14th year now. That's amazing, isn't it? I cannot believe that. It blows my mind. July the 30th, just a few days ago, started my 14th year here at the church. But I thought about this. I've just moved a few times. But some people, they just move all the time. These people that, I got a buddy of mine that he likes to flip houses and, and man, he'll buy one, move in and fix it up and then they'll move out into another one. And I thought, you're crazy, man. I thought about this though. When I get to heaven, there'll be no more moving around. It's a permanent place. It's a permanent place. I thought about this. Heaven, I thought about, it's a perfect place. It's a perfect place. It's a perfect place. Um, We're standing up there on the side of the mountain Friday. And to me, that's as close to a perfect place as you'll get. Now that's just to me. Everybody's different. I love the mountains. The only thing that would have made it any better is if there was a stream full of trout in front of it and a cabin. That was the only thing that would have made it any better. I ain't worried about no big and give me a one room. I'm fine with that. That's the only thing that would have made it any better. When I got to thinking about heaven, I thought about this. Heaven is a perfect place. A perfect place. You see, anywhere on this earth is not a perfect place. You say, well, I've heard about it and I'm gonna go see it. Well, it won't be perfect when you get there. (laughs) Amen. You say, why? Because you ain't perfect, okay? Heaven is a perfect place. There's nothing wrong in heaven today. There's no sickness there. There's no hospitals there. Matter of fact, I wrote this down. No tears, no death, no sorrow, no crying, no pain, no sin, no curse, no night. It's a perfect place. Here's what Revelation 21 4 said. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are what? Passed away. The former things are passed away. Uh, Revelation 21, 27 said this, There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Revelation 22, 3 said this, There shall be no more curse but the throne of God, and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. Revelation 22, 5 said this, There shall be no night there and and they need no candle neither light of the sun for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever. Heaven will be a perfect place, a place of no more forevermore. Can I just say that again? A place of no more forevermore. No more goodbyes forevermore. No more sick forevermore. No more sorrow forevermore. No more sin forevermore. No more Satan forevermore. No more temptation forevermore. No more doubting forevermore. No more heartbreaks forevermore. Oh yeah. No more forevermore. I thought about this. Heaven, it's a promised place. Heaven, it's a prepared place. It's a permanent place. It's a perfect place. But I thought about this in closing this morning. Heaven, it's a precious place. It's a precious place. I got into thinking about that, Madeline. Won't you come start playing that song again? I thought about that, and 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 one songwriter said it this way: "How beautiful heaven must be." Another one said it this way: "I can only imagine." Now, I can only imagine what it'll be like when we get to heaven. I, I, um, I was thinking about my Papa Caudill. My girls never really got to know him much, but my Papa Caudill was a mandolin player. He was a businessman, he owned Western Auto for years. And uh, that used to be a big thing, Western Auto did. Some of y'all don't even know what that is. He owned a Western Auto for years, and he retired. Him and my nana retired from that. Matter of fact, he had leukemia for 16 years. He just refused to let it get the best of him, and he died of a heart attack. <laughs> had leukemia for 16 years, but Pa Paul was a mandolin player. Matter of fact, Pa Paul and Bill Monroe played mandolins together. Pa Paul played in several, several. Um, uh, fiddler conventions against Bill Monroe, and would always finish second to Bill Monroe's first. And Pa Paul loved music, loved music. Anytime we was together, he'd talk about music, and we'd go fishing, and Papa Paul would talk about what real bluegrass was. He said real bluegrass don't have no kind of electric no kind of electric guitar, no kind of electric bass. He said, it's, it's, it's all acoustic. He said, that's real bluegrass. He said, now if they got one of them, he would call it them contemporary uprights. Y'all, if y'all know what I'm talking about, but John, you know what I'm talking about, them new ones that they're little bitty. He said, that ain't bluegrass. He said, that ain't bluegrass. You don't plug nothing in. It's all acoustically. He'd talk about that and he'd talk about playing with Bill Monroe and all those things years ago. And I was singing this week. There's a girl's the past couple of weeks. We've been in several meetings and they've played and sang. And I thought, boy, I sure would love for Paul to be here. Hear my young'uns sing. Uh, you may disagree with me and I don't care if you do, but I think he probably hears them. I think, I really do think that they probably get a glimpse of the spiritual things of life. The Bible said there's rejoicing among the angels over one sinner being saved. I don't think that's angels rejoicing. Angels don't know nothing about redemption. They don't, know, they don't know how to rejoice over somebody getting saved. I think it's those that outrun us in this race. And I just can't help but to wonder if Paul Caldwell can't see them every once in a while and hear them. I think about Nana. She'd always let me take the bicycles and ride them through the back part of Western Auto. I think about her and she always loved to have her fingernails done. Madeline reminds me of that. She thinks she's got to go to the nail salon. That was her biggest thing about the shutdown. She wasn't able to go to the nail salon, Brother Brian. <laughs> Olivia done them, but she wouldn't pay Olivia. <laughs> well, I thought about that. I thought about Paul Barker. A couple of weeks ago, when I was preaching in Allegheny County, he preached all up the sides of them mountains, pastored three or four churches at a time. Granny Barker and Pa and Granny Barker—they didn't have nothing inside of heaven. Living in a little old single-wide trailer, it's about to fall down. Matter of fact, one of them—it practically did fall down. We got them another one to live in. Boy, they sure knew who the Lord was. I thought about, I sure would love to hear him preach one more time. I'd love to hear Granny shout one more time. Talking about heaven this morning. It's a precious place. It's a precious place. Thought about Miss Julie. Traveled thousands of miles with us. Yesterday morning, her faith ended. Her faith ended. And it became real. See, when I see him face to face, it'll no longer be faith. It'll be real. As Madeline said, there's not a day that goes by. I don't think about Brady. Not a day that goes by. I don't think about it. Heaven's precious this morning. I got a brother and a sister that's in heaven. Can't wait to see him. Jamie and Leanne. My daddy. He's not as young as he used to be. He don't get around like he used to. used to, we could cut wood and I'd say, we're going to stop. He'd say, no, we're not. Now after about 30 minutes, he says, we just need to stop a minute. First time or two it aggravated me. but Now I just sit down on the stump side of him. Because I know if the Lord don't come back one day before long, Miss Tina, you'll have to stand beside me like I have you or your mom and daddy. Do you know what, Brother Randy? That's just going to make Kevin a little bit more precious. I think about all of that this morning and then I think about the one who knew everything that I would ever do And knew every time that I would fail him. Knew every time that I'd miss the mark. Knew every sin that I'd commit before I was saved and after I was saved. And yet he was still willing to let him spit upon him. He was still willing to let him take a reed and drive a crown of thorns upon his head. He was still willing to carry a cross up Calvary's hill and lay his life down willingly. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loved me. And can I say this? Heaven's real precious today. Because one day my faith's gonna end. And I'll see him face to face. I'll get to fall at his feet in person. And thank Him for loving me the way that He does. Don't nobody say "Man, right here, but I'm not an easy person to love sometimes. I fail God miserably every day of my life. But He still loves us, church. Heaven, oh, it's precious today. It's precious because Those loved ones. I've thought about Miss Kay so much during all this because she always said, I just try to focus on what I can do instead of what I can't do. That's what she'd say to us, Brother Wade. Can't wait to see her again. Miss Myra. A lot of y'all don't even know Miss Myra. Boy, she sure was faithful, Brother Jeff. She always sat right over there with Miss Glenda sitting at. She always had a smile on her face. She's always rebuking me when I didn't have faith that I should have. Boy, it's precious today. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's precious. But to see Him, that's what makes it, I know this isn't good English, but you'll understand it. That's what makes it so much more precious. It's just precious today. Let not your heart be troubled in these days. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, and he did, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Heaven, what a wonderful place.